0: Most kids resent a dad who's constantly pushing them. Let's go. But not Rick Hoyt. We can do this. For years, Rick has been
1: pushed, pulled, and carried by his dad, and he loves it. Here they come! That's because Rick, a wheelchair quadriplegic since birth, and his father, Dick, together have competed in over
2: 65 marathons. So when you see Dick Hoyt pushing his son around, you're witnessing extraordinary devotion. Pass it on
3: from the Foundation for a Better Life at values.com. A few words for a successful life. Always ask why. Why? Tell the truth. All the time. Why? Write thank you notes. Eat right, sleep right. And exercise. If you don't like your job, change it. Why? Be creative every day. Take a fun trip. You don't always have to do things fast. These motivating thoughts from Randy Pausch's last lecture remind each of us to live our dreams. Can I go now? My dog wants to play. Oh yeah. Play with your dog. And with your kids. Motivation. Pass it on from the Foundation for a Better Life at values.com Stitcher Podcast, Google Podcast, YouTube, and more.
0: Hello everyone and welcome back to our channel of KLP Entertainment. Reporting live from our newsroom, this is SNN. I'm Beatrix Gemma. Here's your business news breaking for June 7. The Silicon Valley firm said the split would simplify its business amid rising tensions between the United States and China over technology investment and development. Sequoia Capital, one of Silicon Valley's most prominent venture capital firms, is breaking itself up spinning out its Chinese unit into an independent company at a time of rising tensions between China and the United States over investment and access to advanced technologies. The firm announced on Tuesday that it planned to split into three independent partnerships, with its businesses in China and India adopting new brands and the firm in the United States and Europe retaining the Sequoia name. The firm's global footprint had become increasingly complex to manage," said a statement from Sequoia's managing partner Roloff Bota, the firm's China head, Nielsen, and its India head, Shalindra Singh. In an interview, Mr. Bota said that Sequoia had evaluated whether a centralized model made sense over the years. The issue came to a head in the past couple of months and it just became clear to us that the cost of holding it all together and background wasn't worth it," he said. Increasingly, we deal with portfolio conflicts across entities because founders really now have global ambitions, Mr. Bota said. And the brand confusion was just starting to chafe at everybody. Sequoia's China business will be called Hongshan. Sequoia's business in India and Southeast Asia will be called Peak 15 Partners sequoia has more than 53 billion dollars in assets under management in the united states and europe 56 billion dollars in china and 9 billion dollars in india and southeast asia the firm's business in the united states and europe has generated returns of more than 30 billion dollars over the past five years according to a person familiar with the fund's performance since it entered china In 2005, Sequoia has played a prominent role in the rapid and lucrative rise of China's tech giants. Its notable investments include ByteDance, the owner of the video app TikTok, the fintech company Ant Group, and the fast fashion retailer Shine. The firm has invested in over a thousand companies in China, including in rising tech sectors such as electric vehicles and biotech. Mr. Shen, Sequoia's China head, sits on the board of ByteDance, a company that has drawn scrutiny as TikTok faces the ire of US lawmakers for its purported ties to China's government, with executives from the hugely popular app facing questions about whether it spied on Americans on behalf of Beijing. Lately, venture capital investors have grown wary of pouring money into China, deal volume fell by half last year to about $69 billion, the lowest level in six years, according to PitchBook, a research firm. Not all of that can be tied to geopolitical tensions, with China's economy slowing sharply while under strict zero COVID restrictions until late last year. But doing business in China has become more complicated, particularly in sensitive industries like technology, as the United States and China compete for economic primacy. The United States has been weighing restrictions on investments into China, which has generated strong pushback from some major investors, and hesitations from some Biden administration officials who are concerned that overly broad measures could lead to unintended consequences. The possible restrictions are also being drafted while the administration also seeks to lower tensions with the Chinese government after a period of strained relations. In a hearing before the Senate Banking Committee last week, Paul Rosen, the Assistant Secretary of the Treasury for Investment Security, said the administration was «working to craft a narrow and focused programme to restrict investment into certain sensitive technologies with national security implications, such as advanced semiconductors, artificial intelligence and quantum computing». The U.S. government already prohibits domestic companies from directly selling certain technologies to China and it monitors the investments that Chinese companies make in the United States for security risks. The Chinese government has recently targeted advisory and consultancy firms with foreign ties, raising the alarm of executives in the West. These firms help foreign businesses assess investments, playing a particularly important role in China, where reliable information is hard to secure for companies looking to invest in the country.
2: huge breaking story. The next destination in Jude Bellingham's career appears to now be decided. This on the Borussia Dortmund website, this from the German club themselves, Uh, Jude Bellingham is close to moving from Borussia Dortmund to Real Madrid. This is today's mutual agreement in principle of the parties. The contractual details now have to be coordinated and completed. Uh, Moreover, The realisation of the transfer, the the completion of the transfer, is still subject to the proper and timely processing accordance with the provisions of the fee-for-transfer matching system. And with the completion of this transfer, Real Madrid will pay Dortmund a fixed transfer compensation or transfer fee of €103 million. In addition, the payment of variable transfer fees, so I suppose add-ons... Up to a maximum total amount of around 30% of the amount of the fixed transfer fee has been agreed, so 103 million euros. So that's uh well, around 88, 89 million pounds. But with another 30% add-ons, that'd be another 33, 34 million euros. And they are dependent on the achievement of certain sporting successes. So again, yes, performance-related add-ons by Real Madrid, and/or sporting success of, performances of the player at Real Madrid in the period of the next six seasons. So maybe that is an indication of the, the length of contract uh, for Jude Bellingham uh, to move from uh, the West Valley to the Estadio the Bernabeu. As a result, um, they go on to say they expect a positive effect on key earnings figures in their financial year. And uh, yeah, so that is from Borussia Dortmund themselves saying that Jude Bellingham is close to moving from Dortmund to Real Madrid and uh, that uh, that's all you know. Still to be agreed, but the amount the transfer fee is set for is 103 million euros plus add-ons of a maximum of up to 30%, so another 33, 34 million euros. So Jude Bellingham linked heavily with Liverpool, linked heavily with Manchester United, linked heavily with a number of huge clubs over the continent. But it now seems his next destination is the Estadio Santiago de Bernabéu, and a move to rail the drip. Much, much more on this to come here on Sky sports, yes.
0: It
1: hurts. It's unbearable sometimes. There have been many, many times I've thought, I'm just quitting. There have been so many occasions when I've walked onto the water it has been unsafe because of the levels of staffing. You feel devalued, you feel a little bit worthless. You feel like you're not appreciated for what you do. Adele is a junior doctor in the UK's National Health Service, who walked out of her hospital in a four-day strike in April, which led to more than 195,000 missed appointments.
3: Uh, Uh, uh,
1: In the first half of 2023, the number of cancelled appointments amounted to almost half a million as the medical sector took part in the UK's union actions. Over the past year, the UK has recorded the largest number of strikes since the 1980s, with sectors from healthcare to postal service workers and teachers all taking industrial action. It is not a coincidence that they come at a time when the cost of living crisis is cutting into the pockets of the nation, with the cost of basic necessities rocketing to new levels. The is being struck by junior doctors caused the cancellation of 100,000 operations and appointments. The only thing we can really do is strike, and the only cause we can really legitimately strike about is our pay, but it's sort of an indicator for loads of other stuff. Geo doctors are asking for a 35% pay increase. This round of pay negotiations reflects both the acute squeeze created by high inflation now and more than a decade of pay restraint. has seen public sector workers fall way behind their private sector counterparts. So Geo doctors their pays increased by about 16% in cash terms since 2008. But in that same period, inflation and other factors, you know, they're actually 25% worse off. And then to say enough is enough. I've been a junior doctor for four years now. I'm doing a 10-month-long contract in plastic surgery just to get the experience I need in order to try and make a successful application for my actual training post. My current job has a higher base salary, um, so it's about £40,000, but I never do night shifts. The extra hours, the the night shifts, they really do make up the bulk of our salaries. So when you factor all that together, I've actually taken a pretty decent pay cut. I will usually be scheduled to work with one of the consultants in the operating theatres. Within plastic surgery, there's loads of different things you could be doing. There's um, hand surgeries, you can do breast surgery, so it's a lot of cancer surgery. Plastic surgery includes burns, so you might be doing skin grafting. Plastic surgeons can do um, cleft lip and palate surgery, they can do head and neck surgery which is largely taking um, tumours. At the moment I'm on call, I started my on-call shifts on Saturday and I will go straight through until this Friday. And during those shifts we then have to do trauma clinics. So there's an awful lot of strain within the NHS and the more people are struggling, the more people are, are burning out. Since I've started work, it's not been uncommon to hear someone say that one of their colleagues has committed suicide. According to the British Medical Association, around seven in ten junior doctors surveyed, say they always or frequently work in understaffed rotas, which may be placing patient and staff safety at risk. Around half of junior doctors described their desire to work in the NHS in the next year as low or very low. When you first move into a new house all sorts of things spring up that you weren't expecting to pay for. When I started my new job there was a mistake made with my pay and it's taken five months to get that resolved. I've been consistently worrying about money consistently in my overdraft. If any unexpected thing happens you always feel just a a heartbeat away from absolute disaster to be honest. So when it comes to pay in NHS, the government says that it's set by these independent pay review bodies, which they say they can't really interfere with. These pay review bodies, they will gather derivatives over the course of a year, they give their recommendation for maybe a two, three, five percent pay rise. And although you know these strikes are kind of directed at the government, the government is trying to you know take their hands out of it and say it's not really our our deal. At the same time, um, we're getting a bit of an impasse right now. Geo doctors are asking for what's called full pay restoration, which should be a 35 percent pay rise right now. The government is saying that is completely unaffordable and unacceptable, and they have to lower that. You know, there are some things that you see at work or that you do at work that, if you were to say them to a person who doesn't work in healthcare, they just wouldn't understand why you are upset. Hey, did you work well, last night? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So this is night three or four for me. So I'm, I'm slightly delirious, but yes, I mean, hey, we we're, we're going to get through it. So I think pay is a, a a difficult issue on bank holidays the person in the hospital paid the least is the, the f1 so the junior doctor who's been a doctor for a year so you get paid more in the hospital to clean toilets on a bank holiday it hasn't been safe for for many years and I, I don't think that'll come as a shock to to anyone there is nowhere else that a junior doctor can work we can't even work in private hospitals because the reason people go private is to ensure that they get seen by a consultant so really our only options are ditch the NHS entirely. A lot of people have moved to to places like Australia and New Zealand where you're valued more highly. Now, two out of five doctors said in a recent poll that they are looking to lead the NHS or would accept another job if that was proposed. And 80% are actually saying that they're constantly thinking about ways out as well. The ability to continue striking is what's proving difficult because, you know, we're striking because we are not being paid enough. And we therefore don't don't really have the ability to take that much unpaid leave from our work. So I think the longer the strikes go on, the more difficult it's going to be. But I think the majority of people have reached the point where they are going to do anything they have to in order to be able to continue striking and making that point. The fact that people are still willing to fight tells me that people have hope that things will get better.